Welcome to Screen Quest, a podcast where a fellowship of film lovers and armchair movie experts plays film roulette. I am one of your hosts, Chris Waterman, joined this afternoon by May Fitch. Hey, guys. And Mr. Will Rotondi. Hey, what's going on? On today's episode, we're going to be discussing a film so rare and so... That's not the right word. Um, <laughs> so unremarkable, ununique, that it isn't even on any official streaming services. Uh, two of a kind, starring John Travolta and Olivia Newton-John. That's what we drew on last week's episode. And we will also uh, be doing a side quest. But first, let's wish a very happy birthday. Uh, this week in cinema history, the film Public Enemy, starring James Cagney and Gene Harlow, uh, first aired so 91 years ago. Uh, this week, that film came out. It is uh, one of my favorite classic gangster films. Uh, James Cagney is wonderful. Off uh, Mike, I was telling both of you that uh, it was quite the scandal when uh, James Cagney uh, pushed a sliced grapefruit into a woman's face. Uh, I can't remember if it was Gene Harlow. It might have been Mae Clark, but... Yes, uh, one of them unfortunately gets a face full of grapefruit and it was the talk of the town for, for quite a bit. Uh, it is a wonderful, wonderful uh, film with lots of memorable zingers and uh, it, it's really interesting to see like what the gangster movie like genre was back then. Uh, of course, there was that the, the moral uh, obligation um, uh, for the gangster to either end up incarcerated or dead. I won't tell you uh, which one it is for... Um, our, our man, Mr. Cagney, but uh, it is one of the two. And uh, my other little favorite tidbit is there's a, a disclaimer that even plays before the film. That's like, Hey, like this is a portrayal of the CD underworld and we don't condone these actions. This is not, to, this is a moral like tale to like teach you the dangers of living, living a, a less virtuous life. Like it is a really funny little disclaimer that kind of scrolls through um, the screen before it gets going. So you could tell they were quite afraid that, uh, you know, of the perception of the, the studio for, for putting out such a, uh, a film, but yeah, he would go on to make lots of uh, great films like Angels with Dirty Faces. Uh, oddly enough, never won an Oscar for a uh, gangster film, but Mr. Cagney did uh, win for a musical Yankee Doodle Dandy, which is uh, which is also quite wonderful. But as, as much as he had that reputation as a tough guy, uh, he ended up winning for a musical, which I always found amusing. Mm-hmm. Clearly, he just needed to do a musical gangster film. That was the oh, thing. Yes. Man, uh, if I could go back only. in time and pitch that, <laughs> that would have been great. Yeah, so hopefully one day uh, you guys will see that. Um, it is, uh, it's worth the watch. It's very short. So happy birthday, public enemy. <laughs> right, so who is ready for our side quest of the day? I'm going to go ahead and give these a shuffle. And let's see what we get. It's so suspenseful not being able to see the board. <laughs> I know. I always forget you guys can't see it. All right. So it is a guilty pleasure. Uh, so that is uh, talk about a film that you enjoy that you know uh, objectively is bad, but don't care. You love it anyway. <laughs> I, by the way, I love how much variety we've gotten in our cards so far. We did a good job. I want to yep. say like we haven't yep. had any repeats yet, which is wonderful. <laughs> and uh these have always been fun. So do, do either of you have a nomination for guilty pleasure? I definitely I do, do but I went last week. So I will, I will, uh, may I want to hear yours, over. please. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm just going to make sure I'm remembering the name correctly, but it is the kind of like Netflix version of a Christmas Hallmark film that got really popular. I think it's called a Christmas Prince. And, oh. um, <laughs> yes, it is a, a Christmas Prince. It sounds like a winner. Um, and it is fantastic it has like i think just like a tiny bit more charm than like the hundreds of like formulaic hallmark movies have (laughs) around christmas time and you know especially from like hanging out at my parents house and we just want something that is like seasonal to have on the tv as we're chatting or or eating or like you know doing christmas tree stuff it's nice to have up there um no the acting here. is not great. The plot makes no sense. Um, well, the, you gotta give us a little taste. Like, give uh, us a little so taste. So basically, basically, 
uh, the uh, like protagonist here, Amber, she is a journalist and she's sent to like cover this royal story. I'm forgetting the exact details of it. Um, but like there's all of this like, you know, kind of like going undercover and costuming and all this stuff that like completely breaks all journalistic ethics. And I find hilarious because I used to do journalism. Uh, <laughs> and she ends up falling in love with the prince that she's doing the story on. And then there's this uh, plot twist towards the end that I don't want to give away, but the prince isn't exactly who you think he is either. Oh my God. And then <laughs> is it Santa Claus, man, because that would be great. They, uh, Even better uh, than that, Christ. He's just he's Jesus. He's literally <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> not quite, not quite. Okay. But there's a very wholesome coming together of like the royal family and this kind of outside new girl, and they have their happy Christmas ending. And... Is there snow in it? Oh yeah, so much snow. I think they're, <laughs> they're, the the kingdom is just like always snowy and frozen. It, it might actually be the kingdom out of frozen. <laughs> nice. <laughs> that is excellent. So what is it about this movie that uh that speaks to you? Is it like just is it cozy? Like uh what does it work for you? I think it's because it's cozy and also uh Rose McIver plays the leading lady and I feel like just like she isn't her character is not self-aware of how ridiculous the whole thing is. But just kind of like the way she smiles makes her seem like a little bit self-aware. So mm -hmm. it just, it's it's a bit more palatable than a lot of the Hallmark movies that take themselves almost too seriously, but have similarly ridiculous plots. So you kind of feel like like Rose is in on the joke with you as you're watching, which I like. Um, and then, yeah, it's just like lighthearted and fun and sappy. And I feel like I can be definitely a somewhat nihilistic person. So I like to have my little... Uh, guilty pleasure watch be something that's a lot more wholesome and silly <laughs> you know i'll be honest like um my cynicism tends to melt a little bit during the christmas season as well um i am all for uh sappy movies I, i'll be honest like um i haven't quite answered the siren's call of the hallmark like uh formulaic movie my stepfather loves that like he can't get enough of them like even outside of christmas um uh, but there's lots of, um, you know, great Christmas films, like both old and new that uh, I do enjoy. And I'll, I'll have a whiskey. We'll, we'll switch the fireplace on if it's cold enough. And, you know, here in Florida, that's yeah, maybe, maybe not. And uh, I, I will, I'll get nice and sappy um, with the Christmas movie. So I understand that. Like totally, I totally get that. The improbable plot is a, is a staple. I think of a lot of Christmas films. So that's, that's fine. It gets a pass. It has to be a Christmas miracle. That's the whole point. Right. That's yeah, right. Absolutely. Amazing. Uh, are you aware of this film, uh, Will? Have you seen this or heard about it? I feel like I have seen it grace my Netflix promotional queue at one point or another. And I also really like Rose McIver because of iZombie and because yeah. of, oh, there's another show that she's in now that I can't remember the name of, but it's about ghosts. And I feel like her characters are always very I think it's just similar. called Ghosts. Yeah. Is it? Yeah. Okay. My parents yeah. also like that. So it might yeah, just be that my parents like that Rose McIver and <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so they keep just showing me Rose McIver movies and shows. Based on your interest of Rose McIver and it's just like a, a, <laughs> yep. a swath of <laughs> stuff on Netflix. That's great. Yeah. yeah. Ghost is like a sitcom, right? Like if that's mm -hmm. the one I'm thinking of. Interesting. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. Well, great. Yeah, I feel I, like she's always sort of in on the, like her characters always sort of seem a little like they're always quirky and they're yeah. always sort of like yeah it's a little bit out of the we're taking this seriously but only to like a certain degree which i also really appreciate so but yeah i think that's what sells it for me mm -hmm. well i may have to check that out this uh christmas season <laughs> I, I i can't do christmas movies outside of like um you know like the month of december like maybe like like you know new year's like around that time i can still tolerate it but i'll have to file it away because uh it's always good to have some new ones to throw into the rotation you know or we can do it for the show i mean yeah we've been toying around with an, an idea i won't say what it is yet but around the holidays of doing something a little different with the show so yeah yeah now i have ideas <laughs> <laughs> good stuff well thanks for thanks for sharing um yeah. you're you're our first guilty pleasure 
I feel like that's a pretty easy one probably for like anybody on the planet because like we all have like at least a few movies that we're like, you know, it's it's a, kind of a turd, but you don't care. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Oh, yeah. All right. Well, uh, let's transition to our main quest uh, and talk a little bit about Two of a Kind, uh, a film I want to reiterate that like legally, like we could not stream anywhere for purchase, like to buy or rent. This movie is not currently available on the internet, at least according to Just Watch. Um, so yeah, we had to dig deep into the dark web to find a, <laughs> uh, a copy of this. I uh, probably won't post a link um, just for fear of uh, violating some terms of service. But if you look hard enough, you can find it. My advice is don't look on the BitTorrent sites. And I'm just going to leave it at that. You will find very different results uh, than what you're looking for. So <laughs> how do I know that? Well, I loved it. Uh, Again, I for... am so sorry, Chris. <laughs> Did extensive yeah. research and found out that's not the series that we want to talk about this week. So. No. Uh, yep. I think, I think uh, Will, didn't you say you can also bid for it on on ebay yeah so i found it for a, a whopping four dollars and some change on ebay which might be steep um depending on how you feel and my local library which actually seems to have a surprising amount of videos to stream and or to rent did not have it at all so that also you can't you could like get it big... on dvd on amazon it was for sale like through amazon okay. but but like they did not go to blu-ray and certainly not a 4k <laughs> <laughs> What? The, home, the home release uh, <laughs> market for this seemed to have stalled out around DVDs era. So, yeah. I, I want to say the version we watched wasn't even 720p. I think it was like 300p. Or something like it was. That. It was quite bad. Like I, uh, you know, it's bad when you like have it full screen initially, and you're like, nope, I need to like, <laughs> I need to make this smaller on my computer screen because I can't really see. Yeah, it's definitely worth watching on your phone if there was ever a movie to do that on. <laughs> Saying, there we go perfect resolution on that <laughs> <laughs> that's amazing all right so two of a kind is truly one of a kind uh it was made in 1983 written and directed by john herzfeld it is his debut theatrical film i think the only he, he's he's done a number of films i think the only one that has had really much critical success was don king only in america um, Two of a Kind stars John Travolta as Zach Mellon, our <laughs> uh, <laughs> bank heist inventor dude, and Olivia Newton-John stars as Debbie Wilder. If those two names sound familiar together, it's because they were in Greece just a little bit before this. Um, it had a budget of, well, actually, I, I have a different piece of trivia on my board, but I do kind of want to ask you two both what you thought the budget was. <laughs> I have to adjust down to like... 80s money i'm gonna say yeah 25 million is gonna be my guess for that okay well i think that's high but yeah i was gonna say for those two actors and they thought it was gonna be a success oof. Uh, i'll go with 30 just because i have no concept of math and i'm gonna be wrong but i'm just gonna use that number it was an estimated 14 million um yep. uh somehow they they did not end up in debt they did gross more than they spent at least <laughs> that was good <laughs> was that from the soundtrack <laughs> it probably was so yeah fun fact the this movie bombed like bad i can't imagine but, why. <laughs> uh the soundtrack was so successful that it actually went platinum uh olivia newton john's hit song twist of fate was nominated for best short form music video at the 27th grammy awards in 1985 um, and the song was the last of her 15 top 10 chart toppers. So she kind of yeah. went out on Twist of Fate, <laughs> which was originally the name of this, this film. It was supposed to be Twist of Fate. And then they renamed it to Two of a Kind. Um, but yeah, to, I'm going to try to give a plot overview because I know most people will not be watching this. And Chris Smart. and Will, please, please fill in wherever I miss <laughs> uh, you know, relevant details. But basically, we start out with four angels playing golf. And uh, these angels have been left in charge of the world. Well, God has been taking a much needed vacation. This is explicitly said. This is not me making a joke. He went on a vacation for 25 years. Uh, anyway, he comes back. He's very mad at how they've been handling the world and is threatening to launch a second flood 
And the angel's plan to stop this flood is to find two perfect people to basically make the ultimate sacrifice for one another. And the people they pick are Zach Mellon and Debbie Wilder. And it's uh, the, the movie kind of like shifts from the scene of heaven down to Zach, uh, where he's being uh, beat up by some kind of a loan shark because he's spent a bunch of money on a bunch of gimmicky inventions, including an automatic dog feeder for a non-existent dog. Uh, <laughs> And some other some other gems uh, we'll talk about shortly, but he decides to rob a bank to pay off the loan shark. Um, the bank teller that he robs is Debbie Wilder, and she ends up uh, conning the con man by handing him a bag of receipts and then taking the money and running herself. Um, there's a lot of hijinks from that point on because that's kind of where the angels decide that they need to uh, maybe have a little intervention for these two folks because they're not making the best choices. Um, and yeah, it's basically the angels trying from then on to make Zach and Debbie like do the right thing um, and fall in love, but also like they commit like, uh, uh, like erasing evidence of the bank robbery <laughs> and confessions <laughs> and like try to convince them not to snitch on each other. It's very interesting. Apparently uh, God does not want you to snitch, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, they're, they're, uh, they're being thwarted by the devil who doesn't want their plans to succeed uh, and is played by Oliver Reed. And this all wraps up with uh, the devil changing his mind, deciding, no, he actually does want Zach and Debbie together because the only thing worse than like, you know, the devil getting everyone down into hell is the devil have knowing no one left to tempt basically. And he's afraid that if God sends another flood, he won't have anyone to mess around with essentially. Uh, so he dresses up as a robber and holds Debbie Wilder hostage to give Zach the opportunity to save her life, which he does. He gets shot uh in a way that miraculously does not bleed but also kills him uh and then god brings him back to life and decides that that was enough of a show of sacrifice that the world will not be ending and it is happily ever after for zach debbie god and the devil <laughs> did i miss anything <laughs> i think you covered yeah you covered the uh the, the broad the broad strokes for sure um i mean I actually did a pretty nice job of uh, making uh, a plot that as you're watching it unfold minute to minute is absurd like sound quite uh i don't know um coherent so well done there <laughs> like... thank you thank you um so yeah no it's definitely it has twists and turns there are uh moments that had me laughing and there's moments that had me crawling out of my skin uh for sure um before i kind of you know, hand it over to you guys to see how you felt just kind of overall watching the film. I would like to point out that the film was nominated for five Razzie Awards, including Worst Actor for John Travolta, Worst Actress for Olivia, Worst Director, Worst Screenplay, and Worst Picture. So Solid. there is that. Uh, but yeah, uh, like I think towards the end of the podcast, we can go into like our overall opinion on whether this was you know more camp or more cringe but just how was the overall viewing experience for you guys i i don't think either of you had heard of this film before i mentioned it or brought it up nope i saw it on the list and i intentionally like stayed away like anything on the list that i didn't recognize i was like hey i'm gonna make this a pure viewing experience and this was no exception so i had not had you heard of this before will no nope, first time ever and I can kind of see why. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. Um, yeah, the plot was very difficult to follow uh, at times. Uh, There's some interesting continuity errors. Like they kept referring it to like the, the day the action was happening and as being like the same day as the bank robbery, but also the day after the bank robbery. Um, a point that confused me, and I'm wondering if you got any understanding of this, was like, the what was the devil's motive for trying to like interfere like i i didn't understand that whatsoever i felt like he was just there to like tease the angels basically yeah they quite clearly said like dude like <laughs> god has said that everyone he smites 
to like start the world over is going to heaven. So like you're going to run out of like torture fodder. Like you should probably chill and like nothing new, like no new information like comes to light or happens between like the first time they tell him that and the end. And then he just sort of, maybe he thinks it's a bluff. I, I don't know. I have no idea. I couldn't. That was you. sort of my take was that he just thought they were up to something else. And so he just wanted to screw around with them because he figured if they're doing something on behalf of God, then it's not in his best interest. Fair assumption for a devil. Fair assumption. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, that was confusing. Um, I mentioned this, but I also, I was really thrown by the fact that he has like an automatic dog food dispenser and no, no pet. Like he makes a point of ringing his doorbell to sound like he has a dog to scare off the lone shark. And then he doesn't have a pet. And um, this piece of trivia, I think might help explain that. So uh, yeah, was <laughs> Olivia attacked by a dog on the set of the film? True or false? Uh, I mean, I've got to go with true because that's way too bizarre of a thing to just like randomly be mm-hmm. a thing. Yeah. yeah so, I got to say true also. Yeah. So she, she was, and I could not find any confirmation of this, but I, I think it's probably the dog that was supposed to be Zach's dog. <laughs> I kind of wondered it like like some of the way it's shot from the point of view of the gangsters in the hallway it's almost like there might actually be a dog like it's played for laughs like when you mm-hmm. when it cuts back to the interior with him like pretending to put the dog away but like I wondered if they were originally reacting to like what was supposed to be like an actual dog that he was putting I, up or something I think so yeah strange yeah. That, was, that was an interesting interesting aspect um the edible glasses for a treat oh geez oh my god that was yeah from the beginning too like you weren't even really sure what was on his face and then he explained it later and it was just (laughs) Uh, i looked up to see if you could buy edible glasses or at least on amazon you cannot um but i I was going to send you guys each a pair like uh, (laughs) because but i'm sure like spencer's maybe um although i think usually they they stick more to like underwear and stuff but um yeah (laughs) but maybe somewhere out there there'll be some some edible sunglasses chris is like well this is the closest thing i can get to it so enjoy (laughs) guys i'm not sending you yeah no no that would be the wrong message this is made of of, uh, smarties what is (laughs) (laughs) oh my god oh my Oh, yes. um, I well, I'm glad he didn't do that on multiple levels, but one of them was Debbie claims that the glasses tasted like shit, but were also incredible. So I don't want mm. shit flavored glasses. No. <laughs> yeah, I can't no. imagine that edible sunglasses would taste good. Like, I was trying to think like practically, how could you do this potentially? And like sugar, I suppose, like you know how you can like um, make like sugar like almost like glass, you know, like if you yeah. cook it right and all that, let it cool. So maybe that, but even then, I don't think that would taste good. It would probably just be like just a you know, like rock candy or something, which is not great. You should submit this idea to the Great British Baking Show, Chris, and they will definitely include it. I have no doubt as like <laughs> the showcase at the end of an episode. Do a whole episode themed around this movie. Yes. Oh it. my god. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I had a hard time. Like, I, so there were brief stretches but like stretches nonetheless in this movie where i forgot i was watching a shitty movie like like it would settle down and i don't think olivia Newton, john and john travolta are like bad in this movie i just don't think they have a lot to work with in terms of the script like they're both beautiful people and like the prime of their career you know and there's there's that charm and uh you could tell like they just they're doing the best with what they got i think um but uh between those stretches of uh, like this isn't half bad like we're, we're just like oof oof moments of uh confusion like sometimes i wasn't clear if it was day or night and it <laughs> seemed to kind of flip-flop like like when her friends were leaving the apartment roommate and boyfriend are leaving the apartment like i thought it was nighttime they were like oh we got to get to the beach to catch some rays i was like <laughs> time like what's going on here like am i the only one there i don't know but like no no i had the same confusion i was like is where are they going again? Is it really far away? Is this so they can get there the next day? <laughs> okay. yeah. um, so I, I, but I did find it like all that being said to be way more watchable than what I was expecting. Like reading the yeah. reputation of this movie, I thought it was going to be like, you know, like so bad it, it's, it's good. And we'll, we'll talk about that at the end, I suppose. But like, 
um i found this to be actually a lot more watchable um than i was expecting so um yeah that's my take i guess general take I know the main criticism of the film that I've heard, and I, you, you just kind of spoke to that, Chris, but I'd like to hear your, your opinions, Will, uh, is basically that this actually would have been a decent film if you just cut out all the, like, supporting characters and the whole, like, biblical framing, because it just made everything very complicated and confusing in a way that didn't advance the plot, and, um, like, Besides uh, Earl, who was played by Scatman Crothers, um, and like maybe Beasley, Oliver Reed a little bit, like that was not a very strong cast of supporting actors. Yeah, it's weird. It's almost like somebody like pitched like the like the first bit of it. Like, so this is guy who goes in to rob a bank and blah, 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 blah. And then they were like, awesome, great, let's make it. He's like, hold on, I've got a different idea. Like, how about if the like there's God and the world's going to end? And then, like, they were like, well, which one do you want to do? He's like, you know what? Let's do both. Like, let's do both. Like, they, they, it feels like two distinct movies sometimes. So um, that's a good point. I agree, actually. I think that was the heart. I, that speaks to what I was going to say was I don't think the film really knows what it wanted to be. And it was struggling hard to juggle too many different factors to then come together in the end that you feel like not a whole lot actually happened throughout the course of the plot. And it just seemed very disjointed and odd. So at some points it feels like an action movie almost to some degree in other parts, it's like a romantic comedy, but then you get John Travolta's character. That's just in some moments, so absolutely unlikable that you would think what woman would then turn around and follow him outside to get in a cab with this guy after he's been such a skis ball. So I don't know. I found that very strange and disjointed and maybe it's just an issue with the script or maybe they tried too hard to play Twitch Storm and they thought, yes, let's just do all this together (laughs) and we can make it happen because of our actors and their and Greece and they could do that so we could recreate that magic and I don't. Yeah, no. (laughs) Yeah, it's it's really sad because they do have great chemistry. I uh, in preparation for this, I was actually watching an interview they did after filming had completed before the movie came out Mm -hmm. and like they seem way more in love just in this interview together than you know at any point in the film and do have a lot of natural chemistry with each other and I felt like when I when I felt like I wanted to crawl out of my skin was usually when like the script was just very awful and awkward and they were trying to roll with it and it just mm-hmm. but if you do that we'll make working. love that was my favorite line because it was <laughs> like it was like all of a sudden like <laughs> everybody would just lose control of their decision making like oh man oh. it wasn't it wasn't the doorknob in a window which was oh my crap that was for me field. that was when it was like yeah no done yeah but then she was okay with him two minutes later when the skeezy landlord comes out and it's like you know what lesser of two evils and i thought he was attractive when he held me at gunpoint at the bank so i yeah you know gotta hold but the yeah. nuts when you screw <laughs> God, man. It, man. <laughs> Listeners, that was an actual line from this film. Yeah. <laughs> so we had and Deckard he's... before, and now we've got yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> we got a couple it... of winners, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh. that landlord was something because, like, yeah. I, I mean, I feel like like most women are either aware of this type of landlord or had the type of landlord that's like a little forward, a little skeevy. Uh, but this guy, like, uh, I, I don't know if you caught this because it's kind of a throwaway line, but he evicted her because her because he saw uh, Zach, Zach coming over so much. Like, yeah, <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's uh, that's not cool. And also, I think like a convenient plot device, like that oh, probably could yeah. could could have been you know if you wanted to get her out of the apartment, like there's a lot of different ways to do it, but yeah. Uh. Something yeah, else. you have the guy come in to sign his name on the lease. You don't, uh, <laughs> you don't evict because of that. Yeah, I mentioned in the '80s, right? It wouldn't have been that scandalous. Like that's not like no. a time period where, like, I know it, there was definitely a time in America where if you had gentlemen callers coming coming over, uh, like that would probably have been grounds for eviction. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I think that was usually like for housing that was already like all women's housing, and it was very clear yeah. that her roommate had a long-term boyfriend. <laughs> so true, <it's>... yes. <laughs> Who apparently knows more about <laughs> Olivia Newton-John's sex life than like she does about herself, like almost like 
the oversharing and just Jesus. Yeah, he so. was a weird character. I think he had, like, besides Zach, some of the weirdest lines. <laughs> and he just walks out with a wheel of cheese at one point. <laughs> it's like, this yep. is Skyrim. <laughs> yeah. Mm, hey, this is great cheese. Well, let's bring it to yeah. the party. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> he, so. he was a trait. He was a trait. Um, were you going to say something, Chris? No, no, not nothing of, I mean, geez, it's hard, right. it's hard to even, uh, um, I, I want us to talk about the ending before we go into our, like, is this cramp, camp or cringe, uh, yeah. debate, but first, did you all have a favorite character, and if so, who and why? Hmm. <laughs> I'd have to go with the devil. Only because I feel like every time anybody who plays the devil gets a lot of latitude and how much fun they can have with that character and just being bad because you expect him just to be a repulsive character. And then, of course, you know, when he's got that little twinkle in his eye at the end where he actually kind of helps everybody else out because, you know, obviously he's got a stake in it, too. Then you're like, oh, thanks. But also I expected you to do that. But um, yeah, I think he was just the most coherent. Like you may not actually, I mean, he may not have made sense in some respects for some of the choices that he made, but I feel like I can get behind his motivation a lot more than I can get behind what was happening throughout the course of the film. And also like all the strange sort of arguments they had about, we need these characters, we need these, these humans to like sacrifice themselves, but oh, we're going to rewind everything, you know, here and there and manipulate some of the stuff around them to make it easier for them to make that choice and i'm thinking so wait so is this not cheating like <laughs> at one point both of them die and then they just rewind what had happened and let it play out and they go and interfere later the angels do go, to go in and interfere in the course of events and you just sit back and think well that's not really is this how is that proving your point <laughs> well that that contest but, is rigged as fuck like in yeah. every sense of the word i'm on god's yeah. side like Bring on the flood, buddy. <laughs> yeah. Oh and, then God. At, and at the very end, when it works in their favor and God just completely he doesn't say anything, he just pieces out, like, okay, well, cool. <laughs> I guess you you won that one. Or, you know, there's no little like no there's no resolution. It just sort of like it ends and it focuses back on the love story. And so I thought that was just really, I don't know, it was just strange. It was, I guess, quirky and entertaining, but it was still so strange. Maybe the true yeah. end goal was just to make the angel stop playing golf, you know. Maybe just, maybe about that. So <laughs> That's a good manager busy, right there. <laughs> busy work, you know. <laughs> Honestly, I mean, he did he did talk like a smug boomer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, we forgot to mention Gene Hackman, I think, was the voice of God. Yes. So yes. in case you in case you need a little nudge towards watching this movie. Um, there you or go. Or a nudge away from no. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, what about uh, you, Chris? Did you have a, uh, a favorite or yeah. at least, like least disliked character? Uh, Oscar the lackey. Oscar, like the, the uh, <laughs> lone shark lackey is my favorite guy. Like, uh, I just, I love his uh, sort of heroic turn at the end, sticking the gun in uh, his boss's mouth, uh, the way he awkwardly stands on the plant uh, during the whole uh, dinner buffet scene. And I really just like all around like his lines um, were were pretty awesome. So yeah, I got to go with him. He had more heart than probably most people in this movie. Honestly, <laughs> should have picked he's... him for the model human. <laughs> yeah, honestly, uh, yeah, he's my favorite too. Although I think Earl would be a close second. He was like of the angels. Like he seemed properly aloof compared to the other angels. I think, and also like similar to God, kind of just like oh, these silly humans. But also very patient and kind, you know. Um, I, th I thought a plus a plus angel work there. But uh, no, Oscar was great. He was definitely the most human and relatable. <laughs> Probably the only person that was a human that acted like a human in this entire movie. Honestly, like Jesus. Yeah. Truthfully, yeah. So, uh, what what do we make of that uh, ending? I guess it was a true Deus ex machina, or. Uh, Devilus ex machina i don't know yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah i don't know what latin for devil would be did yeah no not diablo yeah it certainly was um yep um the ending uh i mean it brought it to a close it successfully made the credits roll and for that 
we should be grateful. Um, but yeah, it sure wasn't ending. I think Will said like tonally, like already, like the shift is crazy. Like it becomes like a heist, like thriller. I'm like, what am I watching a Michael Mann film now? Like what is going on here? Like, all right. Um, they, they just wanted to have a, a, like a hostage situation. So they put it in. Yeah, I like how Zach seems like very confused, unsure what to do, both when he's in the bank, but also during the hostage situation. It's like he knows that he's supposed to go run in and save her, but he's being like antsy about it and biding his time like he's waiting for his cue. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, And then, yeah, just like, again, the, the, the lack of any attempt to do any kind of like fake blood or bullet wound when he gets shot in the chest he just collapses and is in someone <laughs> i i think uh debbie says oh no he's dead <laughs> um the, the the like introduction of the clock and like the gown down to midnight reminded me a lot of troll 2 when they suddenly introduced like an absurd time constraint towards the end of the film <laughs> I mean, yeah, they, they definitely did their homework on how to create suspense, I guess, like on paper at least, which is like, <laughs> have like the, the, the visible, like, you know, uh, clock hand moving slowly. It was something. <laughs> it was something. Um, what, oh, the, the weird like trope of like the police keep telling him to like get back, but like, he's clearly on the other side of the tape, like just bouncing around for a good five minutes and like they don't seem to want him there but also don't like really at any point like remove him like it's like they're interacting with him like almost as if he's like half a part of like the police squad or something i found that to be really odd too where i'm like also the number of police that showed up for like (laughs) i i don't know if like a poster shop is what they used to call a different kind of store but they say it's a poster shop that got robbed and like five or six police cards pull up immediately. <laughs> Good response time. Good response time. You know, right. clear the block. <laughs> uh, so yeah, that was quite an ending. Um, yeah. And yeah, I um, I do want to like define camp and cringe before we kind of like yes, I think that would be give helpful. our takes on that. Yep. Uh, so according to Merriam-Webster. Camp is something so outrageously artificial, affected, inappropriate, or out of date as to be considered amusing. And cringe, um, I kind of sourced this from a few different places. Sorry, Merriam Webster. Uh, cringe is distasteful content deemed humiliating on account of the subject's looks, behavior, or talent, and the lack of apparent self awareness about those things. <laughs> I know where I'm coming down, but I'll, I'll, I'll go yep. last. Yeah, yeah. So I, yeah, I, I personally made a list of what I thought was kind of camp and like what I thought was kind of cringe and then my final take at the end. Uh, mm. But I would love for one of you to, one of you two to go first. Go ahead, Will. All right. Well, this is not going to have very many specifics to it. It's mostly everything we've already talked about, but I have to go with cringe. I just, I felt it was so incoherent for through most of the film. It was trying to be too many different things. And it was just, the characters were just making me feel, um, especially Travolta's character, just pained almost to watch it. Just because you know that there's talent there. You know that the actors are talented. But the storyline is just not, it's, it's not going anywhere. So for me, it was definitely cringe overall. Totally agree. Uh... I think there's a really good reason why people don't really talk about this movie very often or have much awareness other than like as a curiosity right like i think uh you can use that um as a great starting point um typically like when i think of like camp i think of something that has gained prestige and that like it's more than an object of curiosity it's something that people can actively enjoy watching because of the over the topness or like i don't know it goes kind of like beyond um or it's intentionally made in such a way like i don't know i always think of like rocky horror when i think of like camp right um which has only gotten better and more popular with age you know so um this movie does not really tick any of those boxes It, it very much does seem like a lot of wasted uh talent and time and resources and um 
really it's a movie i think that like was just overmade uh, like uh, for the reasons we talked about like they, they try to do too much um instead of just kind of keeping it simple uh the interesting thing is like i wonder if it was more of like a straightforward like uh bank robber robs woman and then like they fall in love and there's that push pull like if it would be any more or less memorable like that's a different question but cringe all the way for me <laughs> yeah i almost i almost wonder if they had to add in all the god stuff to like make it seem like them getting together at the end was still moral <laughs> that's what god wanted right yeah divine intervention yeah <laughs> um but yeah i mean uh spoiler alert i'm also going to have to say cringe but i do want to go over the redeeming characteristics that make Please. it somewhat campy uh these include for me number one the edible sunglasses that's yeah, just yeah I- iconic uh i think i think just the way god talks as a character is so unlike any other like characterization of god i've ever heard <laughs> he just like talks like a smug know-it-all like he's a big fan of upper, shakespeare yeah yeah like upper middle manager kind of guy uh who loves shakespeare mm-hmm. um the the awkwardness of the robbery scene i found very campy because it's like it's still going at a pretty good pace at that point it's early on in the film and like he is just has the, the lamest pickup line ever going from bank teller to bank teller trying to get someone who listened to him he's threatened her with a gun and then he just has to awkwardly pace around the lobby while he's waiting for her to get the money what does he say like because <laughs> is it you're the most beautiful chick or the sexiest chick in the bank or something yeah something like that uh great compliment you know <laughs> real real showstopper um so that that was all pretty campy to me uh i also think that like zach's inventions are very campy (laughs) and just like the full range because we have the glasses we have the automatic dog theater we have the dog barking doorbell uh lots of various just apparatuses with like spatulas and gears and and wheels and all of that was was quite amusing to me um and I think just just random stuff like uh, basically everything Debbie's roommate's boyfriend said and taking the wheel of cheese. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, that being said, all of that occurred like solidly in pretty much the first half of the film. And mm. from then on, I think it was just 100% cringe. And that is why I have to say it's cringe. If it had maintained the energy of the first half of the film, I think this could have become a cult classic. But mm. it's it did not uh i think the the two most uncomfortable scenes for me after that were the acting class where like that whole skit just did not land at all where she's supposed to be uh reenacting the traumatic events of the bank robbery and then actually sees zach walk into the room and is like screaming and pointing to him and the acting coach just like thinks that she's acting but it's just the way it's executed is very bad (laughs) (laughs) she wasn't traumatized at all like she was like yeah she totally grifted him and was amused so like it comes out of left field because you're like but she wasn't ever scared like she thinks this guy's a chump like if anything like it would have like been funnier if like her acting got worse because she was distracted or something (laughs) so yeah yeah, agree yeah so there is that and then there is the just like very start and stop love scene that was just very palpably awkward <laughs> yes <laughs> and the language <laughs> and the language <laughs> to describe it um so yeah at that point i was also ready to walk away from the movie but we still had to see the bank ro- not the bank robbery the uh the hostage situation and then by an act of god it all ended <laughs> don't, don't forget the uh like the two-hour turnaround for the like the court case too like Jesus. you were like fucking hell the justice system moves swiftly like in this district in new york and the criminal was, justice system there are a group yeah. of <laughs> group of detectives whose job it is to take care of the supernatural these are their stories yeah <laughs> dun, 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 dun. Yep. so yeah that that was two of a kind um again you're welcome and also i'm sorry for putting this on our list but <laughs> <laughs> no regrets here like this i'm is hoping this things... was after going through like a lot of like serious and really well done movies this was a good palate cleanser 
<laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. It was fun to watch it. We, uh, we did watch it as a group, uh, by the way, uh, podcast listeners, we, we fired up a, a zoom call and watched it on the, uh, on the interwebs together. And I was glad I had the two of you along for the journey because, um, yeah, it was, uh, it was cathartic to, um, see like the facial reactions like on both of you at, at, at various points in it so yeah <laughs> i knew it wasn't alone and uh i did need to give a shout out to the youtuber uh pushing up roses for having done a video on this movie previously because i otherwise would not have heard about it because it streams nowhere so <laughs> nice yeah big yeah big love thank you for uh for getting this on to our prestigious list of <laughs> films from all over the world from all different genres and time periods and quality standards <laughs> and quality standards indeed oh man i do have to say the, the one talking about his inventions just as a random side note because I think we even asked about it too while we were watching it was, does this have any influence on other films that had like the weird inventor in it? Like we didn't talk about Gremlins, but Gremlins definitely had that, had the weird inventions. And that was like released a year after this film. And then what, Back to the, the Future, Back to the, Future the first one had at the very beginning where Doc Brown even has like a little dog food can opener thing going on there too, automatic timer. And that was two years later. And then I think the Don't only other about... movie I can think of was like Chitty Chitty Bang Bang, which came out years before. So. Don't do yeah. my boy uh, Wayne Zielinski dirty, baby. Uh, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. Don't forget That's about That's right. Oh, you did That's mention true. that one. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I love it. So yeah. So it's like, was there some influence there? Like maybe we took some bits and pieces that didn't work for this one and then repurposed it to make a better story later. So in some respects, maybe this was a good first draft. <laughs> I think it was a way like, you could show somebody as being like a loser who wasn't a loser, right? Somebody that like maybe wasn't successful, but like was just like one hot idea away, right? Because that was kind of the thing with all of those characters. Like they didn't have anything that worked yet, but like it was the one thing that did. And we know uh, now that the edible sunglasses were, were, that was it, man. That was it for our boy. <laughs> Presumably went on to make millions of dollars. <laughs> i just i have nothing else to say <laughs> no i think i'm i'm all set as well yeah. <laughs> um, should we move on to our our closing game yep closing yes. game and we'll draw our, our final uh or not our final card our our next card <laughs> uh, as oh, the final segment Chris, do you have news? yeah we're the podcast <laughs> got is some over. news everybody <laughs> i told you i was having a rough weekend chris come on <laughs> yeah. yep still sick but uh yeah it's that uh, unfortunately means we're gonna have to end the podcast goodbye <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> all right so um ex explain uh so uh may yeah. has cooked up a very uh intriguing sounding game for us um, so I will say I got the idea from this, uh, for this from TikTok, uh, because I've seen people do this with like book reviews, uh, and I am going to have Chris and Will try to guess the name of a movie based on the one star reviews it has gotten on Letterboxd. Uh, this is a curated selection of reviews because some of them are just expletives, uh, <laughs> 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 and that is not informative. <laughs> It could be. It could be. What the was fuck it a was giant this piece garbage of shit? I just watched. Was it a little piece of shit, you know. It's gonna... So I did try to find ones that like would have told you at least a little bit of something about the movie it's talking about. Awesome. Uh, but yeah, I I'm gonna give you. Uh, there's I have five movies. I have three reviews for each. You'll have up to the third to guess it right, and you'll get more points the earlier you guess it. Kind of like with the keyword countdown that we did. Um, and as with keyword countdown, I'm fairly confident you'll get all of these by the last review. So great. Are you Sweet. ready? Yes, absolutely. <clears throat> okay. Your first film. <clears throat> this is the product of modern cinema's least interesting artist showing us the darkest corners of his mind where nothing dwells but insanely plodding conversations and deeply unimaginative staging. The few elements of this film that managed to approach scary or disturbing are all shamelessly stolen. Uh, old. No. Good guess, though. The Village. No. <laughs> <laughs> also, no. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> Any more thoughts? Mm. Lady in the yeah. water. No, I'm sorry, Shyamalan. I just <laughs> <laughs> damn. Okay. <laughs> That's fired. Yeah, I know. <laughs> All right. Uh, review number two. An irredeemable death march through the worst impulses of modern genre cinema, opportunistically pitched and hawked via some vague hashtag Me Too influencer version of feminism. Oh. Looks like ass too. <laughs> I was going to say, I'm going to be really upset if it's Invisible Man because I love that movie. Is it Invisible Man? It is not. Oh, thank God. That movie's awesome. It's a banger. Have you seen that? I have not. No, Does that have the, the woman from The Handmaid's Tale in it? Yes. Yep. Oh, okay. Mm sure does peggy olsen for mad men also she's but elizabeth moss is that right yeah yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. sorry go ahead i didn't mean to do real anyway there. so no it is not the invisible man <laughs> i have no guesses that are good enough right now i'm gonna i know i'm trying to think like uh oh um fuck uh midsummer yes oh nice I was trying to think of a good for her, you know, good for her. Yeah, like, yeah. And, um... <laughs> um, for fun, I will read you the last review anyway. Um, I think you both would have gotten it at this one for sure. It says, mm. uh, too silly to take seriously. Never go with a hippie or a shitty boyfriend to a second location. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's amazing. <laughs> and I disagree with all of those reviews. I love that movie. It, uh, <laughs> it is fantastic. I know you do, Chris. Uh, okay. So I should be writing down your scores. So that is a two-pointer for Chris. Good job, Chris. Thank you. All right. Film number two. <clears throat> this, this is a shorter, shorter set of reviews. This movie has the worst use of a soundtrack I have ever seen. Inception. <sighs> also, no. I was going to say, what? <laughs> I, hate that. I hate that soundtrack. I hate that movie, actually. We'll talk about that some other time. I'm, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm hot and cold on Mr. Nolan, and that's one that I am ice cold on. But we'll talk about that's a separate, that's a whole separate oh, no. thing. <laughs> okay. Well, Oof. that really screws with a soundtrack. Gosh, I'm not gonna take up any more time because I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna be thinking about too many films. I'll go with the next clue. Sorry. Okay. All right. <laughs> Review number two. <clears throat> I'm so mad. At breakfast, Jodie Foster gets just toast and jam. Out of all the things you could have ordered at a diner, you pick toast? Oh, shit. Was it- Contact? No. <laughs> I was going to say, I don't remember having toast and jam. <laughs> all right, Jodie Foster. Taxi driver? Um, ding, ding, ding. Ah, it is taxi nice. driver. Nice. Also, what the fuck, man? Uh, Bernard Herman. It's like his like famously like, you know, his final and one of his best scores. Damn. That is the nature of one star reviews. They are I sometimes guess. not on point. <laughs> yeah. Ooh. Uh, the third review for that one was going to be if you consider Travis to be an empathetic character, um, I would not trust you with my drink. Yeah. That's definitely a miss you missed the point. Uh, he's one of those characters for sure. Yeah. You missed the point if you idolize them at the end of that. For sure. All right. Uh, Will, you can still catch up. You can still... There's always hope. But I will say that all of these movies, the last two I have not seen. So this is giving me good information for recommendations for future screenings for myself. So if there anything else, it's educational. So it is absolutely okay. Okay. Midsummer is the sweatiest I've ever been in a movie theater. Like yeah. just from stress. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, I was soaked through. Nice. Like, okay. Do so if you want something that's like str- like get the heart rate like pounding, like that's one. Mm-hmm. All right. One. Movie number three. Uh, this is written in all caps. I will not be screaming <laughs> because oh. I, I live in an apartment. But oh, <laughs> uh, why is nothing resolved in this film? Four hours of my life gone down the drain contact no kidding uh, <laughs> uh gone with hours. the words no what'd you say well i was just saying four hours Jeez. Yeah. Uh, if somebody said this about dune i could understand it 
but I'll be, but that would be somebody who didn't understand the reason behind why it was that long. Uh, but I would throw out Dune. <laughs> it is not Dune, but that was a very good guess. <laughs> uh, Justice League. That's no. That's, did somebody say this about Lord of the Rings? <laughs> yes. Oh shit! Which one? <laughs> you got it. Woo! <laughs> There's still hope. Good job. Hey, well done, man. Fellowship of the Rings, which is very funny because, like, I think I think everyone should know that's the first film. <laughs> yeah, they're all like, "Man, the story you didn't did... wrap up." What the? You hell? would think <laughs> my brother, my brother-in-law, uh, wax brother-in-law, did not know. So, like, I lent him oh. the DVD, and he was like, "Dude, that movie was excellent," but uh, it kind of just ends, huh? Like, that's weird. Like. <laughs> <laughs> any 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 chance of a sequel? I was like, there's a hundred and fifty percent chance of a sequel. Like, there's two more films that have been made, just not edited and put out yet. <laughs> like, the uh, remaining reviews for that one were uh, fell asleep when they started walking. Woke up forty eight minutes later, and they were still walking. <laughs> <laughs> and then the last one uh, was only Lord I need is my Savior Jesus Christ. Oh damn. <laughs> Oh, oh that's great. That's amazing. <laughs> oh boy. I could not make these up. They're great. I need, I need to look at more letterbox reviews. Somebody's You've like, been Yo, my, man. my number of stars. It's fantastic. Oh, that's brilliant. It is mostly just expletives or just like bad. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like my we'll man Jesus could have thrown that ring into the into the mountain, no problem. <laughs> they get like less than three, three boobies. Like, oh my goodness. All right, movie number four, second to last. Okay. There is an inexplicably rabid fan base for this movie, which is so convoluted that it appears to be clever and seems to trick a certain audience into believing in its flimsy plot. I'm going to throw out a bunch of movies that I love because I feel like it's going to be one of those. So is it Dune? (laughs) It is not Dune. (laughs) I just feel like I could see people ragging on this movie. Not to like obsess over it, but I just feel like it would be, that would be something there. It is convoluted, but anyway. It is not Dune, no. Do you have any others you want to throw out? (laughs) Plenty, but Chris, I'll let you go. (laughs) Um, The Matrix. It is not The Matrix. Mm, I got nothing. Is it Interstellar? <laughs> it is not Interstellar. That's a good one, though. Memento. I'll throw another one. That's a Chris Nolan movie I do like. Is no. it Tenant? <laughs> <laughs> it We're just going to go through tenant. his whole filmography. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Christopher Nolan. Complicated. Doesn't make any sense. <laughs> uh, possibly terrible soundtrack, depending on who you talk to. <laughs> I like Zimmo. I just don't like the soundtrack to Inception. But. Mm-hmm. all right do you guys want the next review please yes please okay <clears throat> kept checking the time and felt like there was always 40 minutes left before the <laughs> twist was revealed i thought no they wouldn't make it that obvious but alas they did i feel like i need some jeopardy music or something yeah either some background music or we'll just cut this little part <laughs> we'll the sixth sense it is not the sixth sense Ooh. I like how we're moving to Shyamalan now as our filmography. <laughs> yeah. They're like, oh, you know what? Uh, signs. <laughs> or maybe uh, Unbreakable. <laughs> oh. yeah, uh, Long had a twist at the end that they went with. Complicated. I have one more review if you want it. Blade Runner 2049, I'll say that. It is not Blade Runner 2049. Uh, I do generally try to avoid movies we've recently talked about. Yeah, okay. (laughs) Okay, Uh, last review. I don't understand when I was supposed to be rooting for the other guy and not Hugh Jackman. Oh, Prestige? Yes! Damn it! I was was Nolan! I was the one we didn't choose! I was biting my tongue, I'm like, you're so close! Go backwards, is, more, more back. That's like one of my favorite uh, Nolan movies. Like that's also one that I like a lot. But it's yeah. good. It's good. I wish David Bowie had more time in it. Me too. Uh, yeah. Okay, guys, we are tied four to four. Holla. All right. All right. We'll see how this next one goes. Review number one. I watched this while on morphine in the hospital and it gave me <laughs> epic nightmares. 
that's a pretty awesome review. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that that was that uh, in Zach's scenario for me was Panic Room, uh, the David oh. Fincher movie. Like, because uh, they rent my folks rented, I have my appendix out. They rented like a VHS. There's a little player, and that was interesting. Uh, but I'm going to say. We'll say seven, just in, Ooh, in David Fincher. That's man. a good. That's nope. a good guess, though. Uh, get out. No. Also scary though. Mm, great movie too. Uh, quiet place. No. Damn it. <laughs> I feel like you guys are gonna hate me when you find out what this is. They're gonna be like, "This is not <laughs> Mary Poppins Returns or some shit." <laughs> <laughs> man when she comes flying on the wind <laughs> this is someone who's another... admitted they were on morphine <laughs> that is, yeah, good point, that is... good point. i should, shouldn't read too much into that uh i think i'll need another uh, another review yeah Same. you too chris okay yep <clears throat> i tried to like this i really did but this bloated melodrama that everyone seems to praise for its quote-unquote realistic family dynamics kind of sickens me the Royal Tenant Bombs? No. But also Ooh. I need to watch that. Yeah, and actually I really I like that you guessed that. That's that's a good guess. I'm I'm drawing such a blank. <laughs> I know. I, I want to say hereditary, but would you do two Ari Oster movies? Like I don't think you would. It is not hereditary. <clears throat> I feel like there's something very obvious from the last like decade or so that i'm missing but family dynamics shit et <laughs> is that a serious guess mr rotondi it is i want to lock it in then it is a serious win you just won the game yes! oh <laughs> shit dude <laughs> that movie's the wow. shit out of me as a kid so that's actually you know what i can understand if you're all <laughs> on morphine in the hospital oh my god when that when he's little... in the freaking shed man oh right yep. ow, 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 ow. <laughs> <laughs> uh, dude well I done congratulations well done, will and good job chris that was yeah intense. yeah good games we we keep them close most of the time here on screen quest when we do these competitions so i love it it's good. Um, good shit. The last one on that one, by the way, was it's just Lassie come home without the beauty of a dog. Oh, <laughs> that's so sad. Can't, can't be tripping on ET like that. Come on now. Yeah, no. Come on now. Hey, it's the nature of one star reviews, my friend. That's right. No true, one is true. safe. <laughs> I feel like uh, that would be a great way to like make yourself angry. Like if you if you're like wanting to feel something. Uh, just find your favorite movies on Letterbox and read the one star reviews. <laughs> <laughs> you know, if you're feeling a little numb, you can just you can jumpstart the uh, your That's emotional right. part of your brain. Yeah, and then I like, go out and rage tweet about it after. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, this is not professional advice, listeners. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, please. Yeah, the the, the uh, thoughts and opinions of the members of Screen Quest do are not reflective of Screen Quest as a company, if that company were to exist. <laughs> great well thank you so much for putting that together eh? that was a blast uh, uh thank you much should... for playing i like making games i want to keep that in the rotation for sure yeah those were great selections agree well shall we draw our final card and yeah, not, again i keep saying final card <laughs> should we draw our card <laughs> I know, you do I have something you'd really... like to tell us that... I, know, I promise <laughs> it's not a freudian slip everything it's is not okay. i promise all right i i'm still on cold meds and congested <laughs> i'm on morphine right now i mean things are a little loopy but yeah <laughs> okay what i'm giving them a good shuffle um may if we draw another may card do you want me to reshuffle it in? it's okay if you do no, i'm fine i i think as long as we stick with the no more than three in a row, three in a row. i'm good gotcha all right well here it comes it is a time machine, and the number I've got to zoom in here is three, which corresponds on our list. So uh, for our listeners, since we haven't done a time machine yet, uh, it is um, discuss a film more than 50 years old that is a gem of cinema. 
And number three is Will's selection of Metropolis. So it's oh, another yes. Will card. Oh. And it'll awesome. be Metropolis. 1927, Fritz Long. Uh, amazing. I will stipulate um, for, uh, for us and for the audience, I think specifically because I've never seen it, we should watch the restored version. Um, so a little background about this film. Uh, for most of its existence, people only got to see the two-hour cut because there was a large section of it lost due to like bad preservation practices. And then in the basement of a museum in somewhere in South America, I want to say it was Argentina, but it may have been a different country. Uh, next episode, we'll, we'll uh, clarify. They found the chunk of it that was missing for all those years. And then we're able to re I mean, I'm talking, this is in like the late uh, 2010s maybe, or late, like, uh, like first decade of the 2000s that they found this and we're able to restore it. So I think that's the one we should watch because I've never seen it. And I think it'll make a lot more sense. Uh, what they would do traditionally in the DVD is like explain what happened in that big mm-hmm. missing chunk because like uh, quite a bunch of shit popped off and you were like, what is happening? Um, so <laughs> that that's my, are you guys down with that? Watch the restored version extremely down how long Absolutely. is it it's about two hours and 45 minutes i think two hours 50 minutes it's a bit long just, just another blade runner yep there you go <laughs> um this is one of my favorite sci-fi movies and i've never seen this restored version so i'm very excited it's, it's silent too so i think it's like yeah. maybe our only silent film or like one of our only silent films on the list so very exciting stuff uh as a music lover may you will appreciate uh the use of leap motifs which um is mm. basically they think peter and the wolf for our audience listeners where like a different musical theme like is mm-hmm. part of like the character or like things that are happening on screen so oh i am very into that kind of stuff that's actually why i like doing so much is because Hans zimmer did that in the score it's like <sighs> john williams famously in star wars too like yeah. uh, that's why that works so well too well, very good. I'm, I'm super excited about this. Um, and I can finally torture my wife with uh, Metropolis, which I've tried to get for years. It doesn't sound appealing like a three hour black and white silent sci-fi movie, but um, I promise it is it is stunning for it's especially so when it came out in the yeah. 1920s. Like it's very, very cool. You can see its influence everywhere. So Mm-hmm. Right. Well, that wraps it up for this week's episode. Thanks for hanging out with us. Uh, as always, please uh, interact with us on social media. Uh, you can tell us if you are brave enough to watch um, Two of a Kind, if it's camp or cringe, or maybe uh, give us a guilty pleasure of your own if you don't mind sharing. We love to hear that kind of stuff. And as always, please give us a like, share, and subscribe. It'll help us quite a bit. Until next week, we love you. Bye. Bye, guys. <laughs>